Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. There's two different kinds of fans that exist in this world today. The true fans and the bandwagon fans. Now people are fans, of course, of sports, but they're also fans of movies and celebrities and even fashion trends. But there's still two different kinds of fans. True fans and bandwagon fans. Now, bandwagon fans, they're the ones who are they're along for the ride. They look to see where the biggest crowd, where's all the excitement and the fun and the cool things going on. And they're not really around for the tough times. They don't really stick through it, through the thick and through the thin. And quite often, they don't usually last. And then there's the true fans. Or as I'd rather call them today, the true followers. Because they're the ones that make the sacrifices. They're the one that makes the commitment to whatever it is that they follow. They're, th- they're in it for the thick and the thin. No matter the current or the opinion around them, they are true followers. We have true followers right here. True followers of Cubs and Cardinals fans, no matter whatever their record is that year. We have true followers of, of different fashion trends that, that no matter what goofy looks or criticism they might get, they are still true and loyal to that fashion trend. And then we have true followers, even in our midst of movies, that no matter how many Rotten Tomatoes a movie may get in the reviews, they're still true followers. Well, today in our gospel lesson, which is the scripture message, scripture for our message today in our gospel lesson, Luke has the words of Jesus. And the words of Jesus in which he tells us today what it means to be a true follower, a disciple after Jesus. Because today Jesus tells us exactly what it takes to follow him. And he makes it very clear that to follow him, to be a disciple after Jesus, it requires sacrifice. And so the question is, are you a true follower or are you just a bandwagon fan? Now before we actually get into what it really takes to be a follower of Jesus, we have to consider the commitment that we're about to make. Because today in the reading, Jesus tells a parable to illustrate the fact that before you actually engage in the commitment, you have to really think about what you're getting into. And he tells the parable about how you are to consider if you have enough troops to get in the battle. Consider if you even have enough troops before you even enter into the battle and the war. And so we today then have to consider, are we prepared for what is to come? Are you prepared for the battle that is to come? The battle that it is to follow Jesus. Are you prepared? The good news, just part of the good news that I have to proclaim to you today is the fact that Jesus has already prepared you. He has made you ready. He has laid that foundation that you and I need to enter into this commitment. And that that preparation was made in your baptism. Through the waters of holy baptism, He claimed you. He marked you as His own. He justified you, justified you before the Heavenly Father through Himself by the power of the Holy Spirit. And right there and then, in the power of your baptism, he says that you have life both now and forever. You already have life. You already have the forgiveness of his son, Jesus Christ. You already have the promise of eternal life. So you're prepared. You have been made ready for the commitment that is to come. Jesus has made you and I ready. Now we have to consider what does it really take to follow Jesus. Well, Jesus begins today with these words. He says, Anyone who comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters, and yes, even his own life, 
he cannot be my disciple. Okay, we got to take a minute and unpack this one. Because Jesus is not literally saying you have to hate your own brother and mother or family. No, he's not. He's using exaggerative language to emphasize the importance of the commitment to him. He's using hyperbolic language to emphasize the sacrifice that the followers of him have to make. You see, when you actually study the Greek words that are used here and and the different ways that these Greek words are used, we can then instead translate this phrase not to say that you are to hate, as we know the word, but rather you you are not to love your brother, mother, or any of your family members more than Jesus. You should not love your family more than Jesus. Or put it another way, you should love Jesus more than your family. Jesus is the one who should be the focus of your ultimate love and devotion. And so for some, this may come at an extreme price. In the movie God's Not Dead, there was a young girl who was secretly listening to the Bible on her iPod. Secretly listening to it because her whole family was Muslim. And yet one day, her father came bursting into her room, slamming the door open and chasing after her. And she scrambled off to the bed, trying to to avoid his reaches and his grabs. But he got a hold of her. And he grabbed her and he pulled her out of the room as she was screaming and crying. And he pulled her all the way down to the front doorstep, pushed her outside the front door as she fell to her knees, sobbing and pleading with him. But as he shut the door behind her and locked it, sacrifice that she made, The sacrifice that that girl made to follow Jesus, to love Jesus more than her family. Now that's not to say that she didn't love her family. Clearly she loved her family as she was crying and pleading with her father to not do this. But she loved Jesus more. She loved Jesus more than her family. Now, some of you might be thinking right now, that's never going to happen to me. You're sitting there right, right before me right now. You're sitting there with your mom and your dad, your brother, your sister, your whole family. You're all together right now worshiping the same Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And so for many of you, that's probably true. That will never happen to you. But how can you love Jesus more than your family? How can you love Jesus more as a family? Maybe loving Jesus more means that you spend time every single night during dinner having devotions together. Maybe loving Jesus more means spending a specific time each week as a family praying to God. Maybe loving Jesus more means that when you come to St. Paul's on Sunday, you all go your separate ways to learn about and to serve your Lord Jesus Christ. And maybe loving Jesus more means simply encouraging and challenging each other to read the scriptures, the very word of God more. Loving Jesus more than your family. Loving Jesus more. Sacrificing your family for following Jesus in the extreme and the not-so-extreme situations. But sacrifice to follow Jesus. Following Jesus requires more than sacrifice. Jesus tells us today that it also requires commitment. Commitment because the road ahead is very difficult. He makes it clear that it's going to be a difficult road to follow him. And I find it so fitting that today in the scriptures, Jesus uses a parable about war and battle to describe what it's like to follow him. It's going to be difficult. And especially we know it's going to be difficult by these next words that he says. The next part of what it means to follow Jesus. Whoever does not bear his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. Bear his own cross. 
Meaning, endure persecution on behalf of Jesus. To bear your cross on behalf of Jesus means to endure persecution because of your faith. And Jesus makes it clear today in his scriptures, in his very word, that the followers of him, disciples after him, will endure persecution on behalf of him. Persecution because of your faith. Day after day, we hear stories from the Middle East in which people are persecuted for their faith. People who are physically tortured and beaten because they believe in Jesus. People who are kidnapped, taken from their own homes because they believe in Jesus. And people who are afraid not only to to talk about their faith, but to even leave their own house because they believe in Jesus. That is the cross that they bear. The cross of persecution because of their faith. But that cross of persecution looks different for many people. For a young man, it may be the ostracism from his family. Because his, he's Christian, but his entire family is agnostic. They're not really sure if there is or isn't a God, and they don't understand why he's so certain that there's a God who loves him the way that he says he does. And so the family ostracizes him. They don't invite him to events. They deliberately try to avoid telling him about things that they're doing together. And when they do finally get together, they make derogatory statements or ask derogatory questions about his faith but he still keeps his faith. Or for a young boy who's just in middle school, persecution that he endures from his supposed friends by the things that they say, the words that they say to him, and the names that they call him. Or by his supposed friends who no longer invite him to events because last week he chose to go to a church event instead of the school thing. But he keeps his faith. Or for the woman who endures persecution at her work, because she can never tell anyone, any of her co-workers, what she does with her free time. Because if she were to even open her mouth about her faith and religion in the workplace, she knows she'd be per- persecuted for talking about religion in the workplace. But she keeps her faith. All these people keep their faith despite the persecution that they endure on behalf of Jesus. And finally today, Jesus tells us the last part of what he says it takes to be his followers, his disciples. Any one of you who does not renounce all that he has cannot be my disciple. Renounce all that you have. Jesus has talked about this quite a bit. Jesus makes it so clear that we are not to put the things of this world above him. And so today, Jesus says, sacrifice your family. Sacrifice your social standing or even your your physical health and well-being for persecution and sacrifice your personal belongings, the possessions of this world. Sacrifice, sacrifice, sacrifice. But this sacrifice that we endure in this world is not in vain. The sacrifice, no matter how great it might be here in this world, on this earth, it will never even compare to the reward that God has given you and me. The reward that was already begun, already given to you in your baptism. In your baptism, like we said, you are claimed, you are marked. God said right then and there, you are my child. I love you. I care for you. And so you have life both now and forever. Life right now, already the reward of the Heavenly Father. And you get to look forward to the fullness of that reward when Jesus comes back to this earth again. You and I also have a reward of his holy and precious word. His holy and precious word, which gives us the the comfort and the strength and the hope that we need each day to keep going, to keep following Jesus. Hope, like the words in Romans 8, that says, Our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. 
Or comfort like from the words of 2 Corinthians chapter 1. For just as we share abundantly in the sufferings of Christ, so also our comfort abounds through Christ. Or strength like in the words of John 3, that everyone who believes may have eternal life in Jesus. So trust in Jesus. Love Jesus. Love Jesus more than anything or anyone in this world and follow him. Be a true follower, a disciple after Jesus. Which means loving Jesus more than your family. Which means enduring persecution because of your faith. And which means giving up the earthly possessions that you have. All because in Him you have life both now and forever. In Him you have the strength of His precious word every single day. And in Him you will have eternal life one day in heaven. Amen. Now may the peace of God which passes all understanding guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.